Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who supported me through this journey. Well-being is an experience of health, happiness, and prosperity. It also includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction, and a sense of meaning and purpose. Today, we're talking about the topic of well-being, and my guest today is a returnee. Her name is Susie Goodwin. Now, Susie has been in corporate benefits space for 15 years, primarily focusing on well-being as part of her total compensation packages. She holds a master's degree in health promotion and personal passion for fitness. She has done, I don't even know what she's at now, but at the time we last spoke, she had done 70 marathons and is a running mentor in her community. When I first met her, I was wowed and I continue to be wowed by her ability to lead a discussion and still do it with empathy and compassion. She is super compassionate, energetic, and just knows what it means to be dedicated to something. I just mentioned before we started that what I enjoyed about Susie was that she was so real. So you guess are in for a treat today because what you hear is what you get from this lady. She does not hold anything back, no holds bar with her. So either you love her or you don't understand her, but we all love her. Welcome to the show, Susie. It is so great to have you on today. What an intro, Andrew. Thank you so much. You know, I heard someone say the same one time and it really stuck with me. They said, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm somebody's shot of Jack. And so to illustrate how you introduced me, I really hope that for a lot of your listeners, I give them a shot of Jack. Oh, well, uh, I'm sure that um, there are some people who are Jack lovers, so I'm sure that um, they enjoyed that comment. How are things with you? You know, at the time of this recording, we are headed into fall. So here in the United States, that means football, and I'm not talking about soccer. I am talking about football. And it means uh, back to school and routines. And for our friends and human resources, for a lot of those folks, it is open enrollment season. So mm-hmm. I am knee deep in that. I'm sure of it. Everybody's back to their regular routine. So I'm sure of it. Well, Susie, I have a couple of surprises here for you. I didn't mention it before, but I do have a couple of surprises for you. We're going to be celebrating. We're celebrating a couple of things today. So first off, my podcast, Let's Be Diverse, has been going five months strong. And today is my 50th episode. So yeah. Be- oh, can we get like some sound effects, some cheering, or should I do that for you? <laughs> you can do Woo! some cheering. So thank you so much for being part of it. And the other celebrating thing is that I've been keeping track of my downloads and how many people have been listening and what episodes, the tops and the ones that people are enjoying the most. And your first uh, episode that we had you on for, which was Total Rewards, is currently in the number one slot of downloads for my podcast. So we're celebrating two things today. What an honor. I'm really glad that the message about Total Rewards Packages resonated with Mm -hmm. your audience. And thank you for letting me know that, Andrew, but also congratulations on 
50 episodes strong. I know this is a passion project and a labor of love for you. And I think I speak for all of our listeners when I say it's appreciated, the conversations that you're having and the consistency that you bring episodes often. Well, I appreciate that. Those are very kind words. I wanted to have diverse guests and diverse conversations when I started this podcast. And I feel strongly that's what I've accomplished so far. And I want to continue to do that. So it's with great people like you who have supported me. And I appreciate the support, not just from you, but from all my listeners today. So thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. So why don't we get things going here? For those who didn't have a chance to listen to that first episode, why don't you take the chance to tell us a little bit about you and your amazing story? Well, absolutely. So I'm located in the United States in North Carolina. So on the East Coast, about halfway down, and we live in a very small coastal town. Uh, My marathon count, Andrew, is now up to 72. So I've done a couple since we spoke last. And as you mentioned, I've been in the corporate wellness space for about 15 years. So first doing corporate gym memberships, And that evolved to worksite wellness activities and biometric screenings. And then I moved into the flexible benefit space. And that's actually what I'm currently doing with an organization called Forma. And since I was on Let's Be Diverse last, I have actually at Forma moved to the customer success team, which essentially means that I'm working with Forma's existing global clients to help them make the most of their investments in benefits like well-being, which is, of course, what we're going to be talking about today. Wonderful. And so how are you enjoying the new position? Oh, I absolutely love it. You know, it's a bit of a, a, a mindset shift uh, because these folks have adopted lifestyle spending accounts or flexible benefits. And you know what's really cool? I've always been uh, a thrifty bargain shopper, if you will. So my role is really helping them maximize their investment. And I dig it. I love it. I bet. So why don't we start off this podcast and let's dig in here a little bit. We're talking about well-being today. So what I'd love for you to tell us and our audience what you think the meaning of well-being is. Well, you know, Andrew, I actually phoned a friend on this one <laughs> and because you had, you know, I knew that this was going to be the topic. And so I looked up what the World Health Organization defines well-being as. Okay. And so the World Health Organization constitution states health or well health or well-being is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease. So that's a really important part. Sometimes when we think about health, physical health, our biometric health, we're thinking you know, is there a level of disease? Whereas well-being is also taking note of that mental and social component as well. So do you find that people struggle in the workplace with well-being? You know, oftentimes in the workplace, when you'll hear wellness and well-being used interchangeably, but they're actually two different things. Do you mind if I define the two for you? I would love to. I would love you for you to do that. Yeah, because I, I bet your your guests are thinking, yeah, I hear it interchangeably, or maybe it's a HR or a benefits person saying we use them interchangeably. So the well-being police are not going to come get you if you're using them. But traditionally, this is how we separate the two. 
Wellness typically is defined by our physical health, right? So this is how we move our bodies, what we put into our bodies in terms of nutrition. And there are markers of success with wellness. So I'm talking about things like cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, metabolism, weight. I can go on and on when your doctor does that blood panel for you or talks with you in a annual physical checkup. They're typically talking about these markers of wellness. Mm -hmm. Well-being, by contrast, takes more of a holistic approach. So it incorporates some of those synergistic things, if you will, that affect our physical health, but wouldn't necessarily be defined as markers of physical health. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about things like mental health, stress management, financial health, social health, emotional health. That's where these types of things come into play. And of course, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, they're synergistic, so they affect our physical health as well. Mm-hmm. Tracking with that? I sure do. I'm totally with that. And I can understand a lot of co- companies having the struggle of wellness and well-being and all these different terms. There's so many different terms that are coming out these days. A lot of these things I think existed, but people were not talking about them. So it's amazing how these topics like well-being or wellness are being discussed more and more on podcasts and also in the workplace as well. Absolutely. It's a very positive thing. I think that every organization should have some component of well-being. I, as a uh, person who's been in this space for a minute, I do prefer that more broad definition. So why should well-being be an important part of the organization? Oh, we've talked about organizations. Why do you feel it's so important for it to be a big part of an organization? Yeah, this is a great question, Andrew. So if I were to have you pie chart all of your waking hours of time in your life, The majority of it, at least talking about your adult life, the majority of that time, the biggest piece of the pie is going to be that time that you spend at work. Yep. So if folks do not bring their best selves to work, I'm talking the entire holistic spectrum, right? Not only what's going on in our bodies, but what's going on between the ears, i.e. our mental well-being. If people aren't bringing their best selves, it's typically not because they don't like their job or they don't care. Please don't misunderstand me. I know everybody is not an A-plus employee, but for the sake of this conversation, let's assume positive intent. When people don't show up with their sharpest minds or the strong talents that we hired them for, Mm -hmm. when we get a watered down version of people, I hope your listeners are shaking their head. They're like, yeah. I've seen this happen, or this has happened to me before. It's typically because something else is going on and it's interfering with them being their best self at work where they're spending a lot of time. Now, I want to pause here. It is unfair expectation to expect everyone to show up all cylinders firing 100% all of the time. However, and this is where well being comes in, a lot of the things that can take from our energies can be addressed with well-being and they're completely preventable. May I offer an example? Sure, absolutely. You know, and it's an example that I hope is relatable for the majority of your listeners. I think it is. Mm -hmm. It's the pandemic. We've Mm -hmm. all recently experienced this. So social 
well-being or social health is a part of that holistic view of well-being. No matter what spiritual practice or religion you subscribe to, most of us can agree that we were made for community and being around other people or contributing, right, to something larger. The pandemic took that away from us, and we saw it play out directly in the form of lowered health. We saw it on that biometric side, right, of people's physical health. So without the social health part, we were tired. We were anxious. And some folks even spiraled into a place beyond mental health into depression. So that's just an example of where that social piece fits in. And I love all that you packed in there. The things that kind of caught my attention is the pandemic. First of all, I think that it gave people an opportunity to realize, I think they knew things that they enjoyed, but I think they doubly realized uh, because they were able to do things that they haven't done in a while, like a, like spend more time with family. Um, A lot of people were able to bring their kids to school and pick them up, be home for supper, maybe cook dinner with them, like you going for walks with them or or runs. I see some pictures of you taking your boys out for runs. So these are things I think that developed during the pandemic and not that they weren't being done before, But I think that people just realized that. So now we're going into also when it works, I think that people realize, you know, that coworker that you went to lunch with every day or you had break with them or you went over to their desk to have a chat with them or ask them a question. You're being social. You're conversing with that person. So now it's taken away. And some people are working from home, which is good, and it's working out. However... It's hard for some people to adapt to that. So I, I loved all of that that you, you packed in there. A really great example of, you know, you mentioned work from home. And yes, a lot of organizations are saying, hey, now we're completely remote or now we're a hybrid workspace. You know that I work in flexible benefits or lifestyle spending accounts. Your Canadian listeners will know these as personal spending accounts. We're seeing a lot of organizations that will offer money, dollars, a stipend for things like co-working spaces, or even just accounts to be able to have virtual coffee or virtual lunch with other colleagues. That way, when they're working remotely, it helps them feel more connected. So that's a very real, tangible example of how to incorporate well-being in a way that can feed social health. Yeah. And I even know of some companies who have lunchtime walking groups where they have a bite to eat their lunch quickly, and then they all go out uh, and go for a walk if they have like an hour lunch. So they all get together and go out and walk around close to work and come back. So now you're, again, the pandemic kind of took that away a little bit, but there's still ways, I think, to do it. But some people were able to, figure out different ways to counteract that. And some people, it was kind of a little bit uh, devastating. And in some cases, I would say there might be a little bit of loneliness because especially if you're a single mom or single dad and you're missing that, now you're not having that adult conversation, which I believe that I think we all need at some point during the day. 
You are right. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up walking is one of those things. And if there are any HR or benefits people listening, (laughs) I know what they're thinking. (laughs) They're thinking, yeah, but we're not going to have another pandemic. And aren't walking programs kind of played out like, oh, as an office, we're going to walk across all of the provinces or across the entire United States. I am here to say (laughs) it is not about the steps It is not about the steps that are on someone's smartwatch or if they're really old school, they're wearing a pedometer, whatever device they have. It's not about the steps. It's about community. It's about doing it with someone at work or even sharing in that camaraderie of or accountability and camaraderie of, hey, I did my walking today. Did you? And you have something besides work to talk about. And now again, we're talking about this social component that can help us make more healthy, make us more healthy. But again, it's a synergistic, holistic thing. Yes, it's the physical exercise, but just as valuable is that social component. So I am obviously in favor of the walking programs. Do I think your medical premiums are going to take a nosedive because you implement a 10,000 step a day program? No, I absolutely don't. Do I think some relationships will be forged? Do I think the healthy will stay healthy and be inspired by these? Yeah, I do. And that's low hanging fruit. And so ah, I see, I get heated about this. I would beg anybody that's got one of those programs on the chopping block to recognize it's not just about physical health. We can make an entire podcast episode about the mental well-being effects of movement, especially in nature as well. Oh, for sure. I would say it lots. <laughs> oh, for sure. I love your passion when you talk about this, Susie. I was at a company, I'm dating myself back here, making myself old, but I'm going to say probably about, well, maybe about 13, 14 years ago, I was working for a company and there was elevators at different uh, office levels. And my office was on the eighth floor. So there was elevators. And so they had adopted a stairs program so what they did was that you put teams of four together and then each person had to do their steps and then they just kind of tabulated how many times somebody did the stairs and then they did that for about a month and at the end I can't remember what they did but there was a winner but I can honestly say that I think that everybody was I mean somebody got a prize, but I think everybody was a winner in it because everybody was moving, they were active, they were engaging. And the way that they did it also was that you were put with people that you probably would never either have lunch with or converse with. And here you were sending messages on the company system. How did you do today? Or I got my steps in. And then they're like, oh, so encouraging. Oh, great. That's so awesome. I need to do mine at lunchtime. And I just thought it was a great program that the company adopted. And on our discussion today is well-being. And I feel like it helped the company well-being and it helped everybody meet new people. And so, of course, the engagement in the company was big. Yes, it's not just physical health. What you're describing here, it's that social component and it's that feeling of belonging and celebration. HR professionals know what these types of things do for culture overall. It's not about the steps or the stairs in this case. Exactly. So we talked about why wellness programs are important. What I'd like to hear from you is what is the key 
to well-being in the workplace? You know, for this one, Andrew, I am going to say empathy. I'm going to say empathy and just recognizing that each individual is completely different. I mean, this conversation has already spanned, so we can agree that well-being is really broad. We know that we've all got different backgrounds, beliefs. We know that we're in different environments. And so I say empathy because an empathetic, flexible approach is going to serve employers, especially those in the HR or benefit space who have the opportunity to be change agents for this directly. Now, if I may, I'd like to speak to those people directly right now. Is that okay? I would absolutely love for you to do that. You know, I've worked with enough HR and benefits leaders to know that it's got to make sense for the bottom line for a budget to get approved. Like you just described a program that takes time and, you know, time to put those teams together and likely a budget to get a platform or a system. If there were incentives involved, like that requires dollars as well. And your CFO, great as he or she may might be, might not really care if everybody's happy meter is full, right? right. Or their social well-being meter is full. And so I'd love you to take inspiration in the fact that most organizations who invest in well-being are seeing a return in their medical spend. Are you hearing me? It's lower medical spend. So most of the major health insurance carriers cite a 3 to $4 return for every dollar invested in well-being. And Andrew, I will provide for you a multiple links to studies that confirm this with recent research. I would love to look at those and study those for sure. So I look forward to seeing those. Yeah, and you could even pop them in the show notes if your guests would like to to see that as well. I typically like to cite $3, right? And if folks get a $4 return, that's fantastic. And that's icing on the proverbial cake. But I mean, you know, we're in a really tight economy right now. And there aren't a lot of other places where you can invest a dollar and get three back. Totally agree with you. I'm with you 100% on that. I think that as we're talking about wellness and well-being, I think we both can agree, and I think our audience can agree that it is super important, and it will help the bottom line in any organization. I speak to a lot of recruiters, and I know that they're having issues keeping great people in their organizations because people are jumping ship for whatever reason, either dollars or just not being happy with the way that the company's going or not seeing any growth And I think well-being, although it's not maybe going to help somebody buy a new Lamborghini, but it's going to help them feel better. And I think they will be able to do the fun things that they like to do. I know one of the things I love about you is that you're such a family-engaged person and you do everything with your family. And if you're not healthy, you can't do certain things with your family, correct? Absolutely. Health is wealth to a degree, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you go for a walk with your children and your husband or wives? Can you go climbing? Can you go swimming? Can you go do whatever if you're not healthy? So I think it's important. Absolutely. Susie, you're such an inspirational person to me. Who have been the people who have inspired you? You know, you gave me a heads up that you were going to ask me for this. And and I'll tell you, I took this question to mean like in the well-being space, when I want to get wheels turning and be inspired, kind of where am I going? 
So I'll say I want to offer up an organization as well as a few individuals. Right. So first of all, now I know you've got Canadian listeners. I know that there are a lot of Canadian friends listening. I know you've also got some American listeners as well. I think both are really well served by WellCOA. And that's an organization that stands for the Wellness Council of America. You see why I made that disclaimer now. They do a really nice job of staying on top of these well-being topics for those who need to earn credentials or continuing education credits for their credentials in Mm -hmm. HR. A lot of times you're able to tap into some of the sessions and conferences that WellCOA offers for that. So that's a really great resource. And then other resources that are more inspirations in that well-being space. First of all, Andrew Huberman. He's got a podcast called The Huberman Lab. That's H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. And he talks a lot about neuroscience. He is a neuroscientist, as well as mental and physical well-being. A couple more for you here. Rich Roll, the other, my fellow runners that are listening are going to recognize Rich Roll's name because he is a talented ultra runner, but has kind of pivoted from racing and running to longevity and well-being. He's got a really great blog and podcast. And a lot of the interviews that he does, the research that he dives into these topics and concepts can be tied directly to well-being as well as the workplace. And then finally, you know, I have to present a a lady for you. And so this actually, Sarah Blakely, is the founder of Spanx, and she does balance in the workplace, community, and social well-being better than anybody I have ever seen. She's very active on LinkedIn, which is where you and I met Andrew, so folks can follow her there. That's Sarah Blakely. And then actually, I'm going to give you an extra credit one. And Andrew, you, I think this is, you mentioned this is your 50th podcast. And once upon a time, I had a podcast. It was called Run, Lift, Mom. Library's still up. I no longer record. This is my way of saying, though, it is hard to be consistent. It is hard to be consistent with anything, especially well-being. So if we can look, even if it's not directly tied to the well-being space, for those examples of people we know personally being consistent with things that are great and add to the world, things they love, like Let's Be Diverse. Man, Andrew, you're on this list too. You know, I did not expect you to say that, but thank you. That means the world to me. I feel honored and privileged. Like I said to you before, I find you inspirational. I just think how you are with uh, everybody and how you've been with me since the beginning and our very first telephone conversation I can tell you I remember it like it was yesterday that's how good it was and I just knew right from the get-go that this person is somebody that I want to be associated with business-wise and I will also go as far to say is that uh, I consider you not just a podcast guest not just a collaborator but also a friend as well I've always appreciated your support and I continue to appreciate your support. So thank you very much for that. Likewise. Any final thoughts for today? You know, we dug into a lot with well-being and there's a lot to dig into. I would say, you know, for benefits, people specifically, people in HR specifically, I would beg you, 
to have your definition of wellness evolve to well-being. Recognize that it's not just about those physical components and intentionally broaden that definition. So we're touching on things like mental health. So we're touching on things like social health, financial health. I think this is imperative and it's the mind shift mindset shift that we all need. All of you know the previous wellness people need to really consider themselves well-being people because well-being encompasses everything, not just the physical. I just love that. I just love that. Well, Susie, again, I wanted to thank you for taking the time. I know you have such a busy schedule, not just with work, but your lovely rugrats who have you running. And in some cases, my wife would probably say that five rugrats because she calls me sometimes her rugrat because sometimes wives kind of say, you know, their husbands are like their children. So you got five running in there and then you still find the time to work hard, do what you're doing, uh, grow yourself in your company and also find time for yourself. So I commend you for that. And I appreciate what you do. And I appreciate you. Likewise, Andrew, thank you so much for having me again on Let's Be Diverse. Well, I can promise you and I can promise our listeners, you're you're such a great guest. This will not be the last time that we hear from Susie. Now she's got two episodes on Let's Be Diverse as a guest. And she will most definitely, I can guarantee you, As long as she can put up with me, people, she will be a guest on here again. That I can promise you. Thanks, Andrew. You're very welcome. So on behalf of myself and my guest, Susie, I would like to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us today. Until next time, be safe. And remember that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. Stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 